재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Well, every week, twice a week, we get an inquiry into the Korean culture and mindset. We listen very closely to what Koreans are saying to each other on mainstream media and on social media. It's called Culture Pulse, and on Mondays, we're joined by Violet Kim here in the studio. Hi, Violet. Hi, Kurt. All right, tell me what's uh, number one in the Culture culture Pulse this week. Number one in the Culture Pulse, and this week, is how cold it is. I'm sure you (laughs) felt it on your way here. I I definitely felt it. But not everyone is unhappy about the cold. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of Samhan Saun? Samhan Saun. That's three something, four something. Right, right. right. So okay. it's traditionally it's how Koreans would describe with winter weather on the peninsula, where the weather is affected by uh, the Siberian air mass. Okay. And so winter weather adheres to a seven-day cycle, according to this mm. state, uh, expression, three days of cold and four days of warmth. Mm. And people have been casting doubt on the accuracy of this since the Chosun era, but it's frequently thrown around in like chatting about the winter weather. So that's an education for me. I've mm-hmm. never heard that uh, phrase or that theory of weather. Right, but people have been talking about how it hasn't been like this for the past few years, and this mm-hmm. winter it's been mostly on warm. Yeah. Up until a few days ago, when the meteorological administration sent out the first warning of a cold wave. So the temperature is going to stay sub-zero for oh, a good week. Yes, oh, no, I, I don't. I don't think you're being quite serious. But some people were. <laughs> some people very were joyful. glad, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess the people putting on those uh, trout festivals, they they need the ice. You to heard walk about on. that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There was thin ice. They were right. worried about that. A lot of regional festivals depend on snow and freezing temperatures, and the warmer weather forced them to delay or cancel their plans. But the cold spell came in time for the Hwacheon Sancheon Chukje which is Landlocked Salmon Festival in Hwacheon. And it's a major seasonal festival, which kicked off on Saturday and attracts more than a million visitors each year. Landlocked Salmon. We're talking about actual salmon, like pink salmon. Or is that just a a way to say trout? I think that's just the name of the fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Fair enough. Because, yeah, the way they've, the festival has been translating it is uh, as trout. Right. Like freshwater fish. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to take place on the ice of Hwacheon Stream, and they were, mm-hmm. as you said, worried about thin ice, mm-hmm. but the weather has enabled the ice to thicken, which is good news because I saw a photo and it was crowded with people. Yeah. Apparently tickets sold out yeah. very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if, if there that many tickets are sold, that means there are that many feet on the ice. Mm-hmm. And if the ice was in any kind of doubt. Right. I'm sure they would have stepped in and disappointed the people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are popular festivals, aren't they? These fish festivals. Yeah, I had no idea ice fishing was such a big thing. Yeah. But yeah. apparently it is. I've heard about it for a lot of years. It sad. sounds colder than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to really come in your, your Eskimo suit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does sound kind of fun. And, and they'll grill up the fish right there for you or right. cut it up as hue. Right, right. Uh, and I'm sure there's a tent where you can go warm up and, uh, and drink something. I, I've, if it's, it's going on a couple more weeks, isn't it? Um, I think so. Started this right, weekend. Right. And uh, eh, maybe I'll make my way there uh, uh-huh. next weekend. Would you do that kind of thing? Um, well, I mean, you know, when I first uh, looked at, uh, read the description, it sounded kind of fun. But then I went down and read the comments and everyone was saying it's super crowded and overpriced mm. and it's farmed fish. But 
then again, you know, it's once a year. Yeah. And it's, you know, global warming. Next and you can winter. grab one with your bare hands. Right. And, and right. feel like a grizzly bear. So, mm-hmm. you know, sounds, sounds good. Yeah. All right, let's move on to item number two. There's this new term, apparently, uh, young 40 that's mm-hmm. being bandied around. What, what right. do we mean by young 40? It hasn't quite caught on yet. Okay. But the Hangul used the term young 40 in a recent piece to describe a generation of Koreans in their 40s who are, they're in terms of numbers, 40 and up. But they're very different from what most people imagine when they imagine middle-aged or 40-something. Okay. So these young, today's 40-somethings are Generation Xers, and they're very different from the 40-somethings of a decade or even half a decade mm-hmm. ago. And that sounds kind of obvious, but yeah. anyway, these people are redefining what it means to be 40 with youthful mindsets and attitudes towards life. Hence the phrase young 40. Young 40. Mm-hmm. And the Hangul is not the paper that coined the phrase, it actually comes from a lifestyle trend report from a research institute called the Dalkaron Sangsangyok Yongguso. Okay, the Imagination Research Center? Right, the Sharp Imagination Research Center. Okay. Mm. And according to this report, these new young 40s are characterized by six things. Okay. They're not obsessed with getting their own house. Mm-hmm. They're not conservative or liberal. They're more about reason and common sense. Mm-hmm. They don't accept conventional ideas about marriage and childbirth. Mm-hmm. They're about the present, and they don't believe in, like, giving up the happiness of the present for some future. So they're, they'd rather spend time with their children than you know, put in the extra hours of work. Which they don't necessarily have because they don't accept conventional ideas about children. Right, right. But if they do, yes. yes. And they're unconcerned with formalities, outward appearances, and reputations, but they're also very sensitive to trends and they're early adapters. They're energetic consumers. All right. Okay. So they're not exactly on the bookshelf. They are Mm -hmm. still very active and uh, game changers in a way, in the the way that they act. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that they're overturning stereotypes about middle-aged Koreans. These Mm -hmm. aren't ajumas and ajashis. Mm -hmm. They're not helicopter parents giving up their lives to sacrifice for their children. They don't necessarily vote conservatively. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what kind of person would uh, a, a young 40 person be? What, how, would, how would he or she act? Um, well, do you feel like you've met any of these young 40s? I feel like I may be one of them, you know. <laughs> I'm not a Korean, but a lot of those, uh, those, those things in the list, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I think they, they kind of apply to me. I'm a poster child for Generation X. Uh-huh. And when you consider, you know, Generation X has a lot more advantages that uh, decades before did not mm-hmm. have in terms of, you know, fitness knowledge and just ways to stay healthy and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so your average uh, Generation Xer probably um, looks and feels better at the 40s than their parents did, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because they had a different life. Also something that was implied in the article. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and so will it be true for the next uh, 10 and 20 right. years after, especially right. when with human genome stuff and all right. of this stuff that's coming along, uh-huh. uh, the 40-year-olds of today are going to look uh, geriatric compared to, you know, genetically enhanced uh-huh. uh, uh, people of the future. <laughs> that's actually a bit frightening, but... It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, the article definitely presented these young 40s as sort of agents of change, you know, like maybe they can sort of redefine, you know, what it means to grow older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to become more conservative. Got it. All right. Well, we've got some comments from real actual people out there. Let's roll those now in this week's social media elements. Can't we just call them youthful 40-somethings? Why young 40? Even if we're going to invent neologisms, 
Let's stop using so much English and use Korean instead. Good article. Even if we age outwardly, we don't have to age mentally. Of course this youthfulness is only possible if you are financially stable. Regardless of generation, people in this age group need to stand up to change the world. They must go beyond conservative and liberal, right and left, and use their common sense when they vote. Interesting comment there on uh, the financially stable thing. You need access to mm-hmm. the gyms and the makeup and the medical care. Right, right. One of the examples cited of a young 40 person was a man who took time off from work to go on a trip to Europe with his daughter. Mm. And the whole point was he didn't care if he lost his job. He wanted to have this experience with his daughter. Yeah. But at the same time, he had the financial stability to be able to say those things. Yeah, yeah. He could just (laughs) walk away. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Let's move on to item number three. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about maternity leave, but not in the usual workplace context. Right. So this is maternity leave from school, graduate Mm. school. Uh, According to the National Human Rights Commission of Korea, a student recently reported that her private graduate school, Uh, At her graduate school, she was unable to file for maternity leave without a separate stamp of approval from the dean. Okay. And to me, this didn't really sound, like, problematic. Sounds like procedure, doesn't it? Right. It sounded like procedure. But I guess the article pointed out the problem was that if the dean didn't give the stamp of, of approval, she would have to use the general option for temporary absence from school, okay. um, which is quite common in Korea. It's called hyuhak. Okay. And if she'd done that and actually had gotten pregnant later, then she wouldn't be able to continue with her degree. I see. So it was. It, it's about how they need a separate option for maternity leave that doesn't necessarily require a signature from her professor or the dean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, would the, I, I don't understand why the dean would, would be reluctant to uh, provide the signature. Right. You know, it seems like just another step, another protocol. Right. That's what uh, it seems like. You know, like if she happens to, to well. be, uh, you know, to become pregnant while mm-hmm. she's in graduate school, mm-hmm. just fine. Get the guy to sign it right. and take the maternity leave, as mm-hmm. is your legal right, presumably. Mm-hmm. So is this controversial? Um, it seemed controversial, but it, it really does touch upon the whole issue of nunchi, where I think we talked about it earlier in the, mm. uh, maybe last year. The sense about of how, how other people are feeling and what's the right thing right, to do. Right, right. How a lot of people found it difficult to take not ma- just maternity leave, but paternity leave mm. because they had to be careful about what the higher ups were thinking about them. Fair enough. And the implication here was also that like because there's no fail-proof system that the woman can rely on, mm. um, like if everything depends on the dean and ah, uh, so it hinges on the dean's personal subjective decision, right? How right. just very briefly, how did mm-hmm. people react to this story? Uh, well, there was a lot of criticism of a society that forced the students, the powerless in the situation, to be so dependent on the whims of the professors, mm. who are the powerful, and like the brokenness of the system overall, mm-hmm. but. Um, it also, I think, depends a lot on the field. Um, in many graduate school settings, the professor 
you know, depends on the students to yeah. carry on the research. Mm. And others said the article was making a mountain out of a molehill. Fair enough. It's still a hierarchical kind of structure. Right. And uh, there is There's somebody at a there. bottleneck position that can determine somebody's fate. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's three very interesting items. And that'll wrap up today's Culture Pulse. Violet, thank you for coming in. Thanks, Kurt. And we will be right back.